Hello, this is Robert Stearns. Hey, I want to thank you for tuning in. I really believe that learning is one of the greatest joys in life. And one of the greatest ways to learn is simply to have meaningful conversations, both with those who come from a similar background as yours, as well as those whose background might be very different. So my hope is that as we connect and converse with leaders from all around the world, that we will learn and grow together. If you're new with us, hit the subscribe button and we'll deliver the new episodes to you right away. So wherever you are, on a run, in the car, at the kitchen table with some coffee, welcome to the conversation. And good evening, everybody. And you know what that means. It is Bishop and the Rabbi. I'm so happy you've tuned in from wherever you are around America, around the world. This is the night of the week that we explore this incredible conversation that has not happened for 2,000 years between the followers of Jesus and the family of Jesus. The followers of Jesus, the Christian church, the family of Jesus, the biological family, the Jewish people, have been divided for 2,000 years. But in our generation, around the rebirth of the state of Israel, the ingathering of the exiles who have come home to Israel, to Eretz Israel, from 106 nations of the earth, the rebirth of Hebrew as a spoken language now, the study of Torah that's happening all around the world, we are living in miraculous times. We are living in the times that the prophets wrote about in scripture. It's happening in front of our very eyes. This is your front row seat. You have a front row seat to that as we engage in this incredible conversation. And tonight we have a brand new guest. I love it when we have first time rabbis. We love when we have return guests also. So they're both fun. We love to have folks back, but it's also wonderful to have first-time guests on. Tonight is a first-time guest, so you're going to want to stand by. You're going to enjoy this wonderful rabbi so immensely. We're going to launch tonight in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 1. Um, uh, so you can turn there. It is a rough parsha to pronounce, uh, but we'll get to it in a moment. I'm going to get the rabbi to help me to get the right pronunciation but we are so honored to have Rabbi Michael Guttmacher with us tonight. Uh, he has an amazing story. He was born in America, but then he grew up in France. He grew up in Germany. Now he lives in New York. He's been all over the world. Uh, his parents are from France and Argentina. His grandparents are from Poland and Moldova. So this is the story of the Jewish people, right? Moldova, Poland, Argentina, France, growing up in Germany. Uh, the wandering Jew, the Jewish people who are all over the world because their lives tell the story of the covenants of God. We're going to hear interestingly in a few moments that he did not really practice Judaism in a very strong personal way in his childhood. Um, he came to his Judaism uh, when he was 20 years old. We're going to ask him about that. It is fascinating. Um, today, uh, he serves as a marriage counselor within the Jewish community. He does a lot of counseling. He does a lot of teaching. 
on YouTube. You can find Rabbi Guttmacher on YouTube, find him, and you can follow along his incredible Torah studies. But he's also very interested in um, the last days, the Messianic age. What does that mean? Is that a real thing? Is that just a concept? Is the Messiah a person? Is he a collective group of people? Is he human consciousness? What does all of this mean? How do we live it out? He has all the answers for us. No, I don't think he does because nobody has all the answers, but he's got some of the answers and each one of us have a part of the answer inside us. And as we nurture the light of God, the revelation of God inside our soul, we bring our part to um, the image of God being restored in creation. So join me tonight and give a huge welcome to our new friend, Rabbi Michael Guttmacher. Rabbi, there you are. So good to have you with us tonight, sir. Thank you so much. It's really an honor, Bishop, to be uh, with you. And um, I'm really excited. Thank you. So I can, I can greet you uh, tonight. I can say shalom. I can say bienvenidos. I can say bonsoir. I can say willkommen. I can, yeah. I can welcome you, however, whatever language you want. Yes, yes, it's, uh, you know, all language are connected to, to the Hebrew anyway, so, <laughs> you know, here we there are. There you go. All connected. Absolutely. Well, Rabbi, um, tell us a little bit just about your journey. Um, first of all, uh, so were your parents, uh, because you did not come to your Judaism. Now, let's, let's just start this way. Um, folks, in, in Christian terminology... Christians say, I got saved, or I was born again, or I came to faith. That's our language. A Jew would say that they became Baal Tshuva. They became one who returned. Baal Tshuva is I'm returning to my roots. I'm returning to my Judaism. And Rabbi, you became Baal Tshuva at the age of 20, if I understand it accurately. So tell us, how were you raised? Were you raised... Were you, were you raised religious and then you drifted away from it? Or were you raised secular? What was your journey like? So um, I, I grew up secular. Um, I actually um, attended a school. Um, was a private French Catholic school. Um, and uh, I probably knew more about Christianity than Judaism. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> so... Um, I actually had two years. Um, I used to sing in the church choir for two years. Um, okay. And, and uh, I loved it. Later on, I, I found out that actually I'm a Levite, which is the job of, <laughs> of the Levites to sing in the temple. So I, I connected the dots. That, that's probably why I love to sing in church. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Right, right. So... Um, By the way, Rabbi, I am also a singer. I don't know if you know that. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. We it's, share the uh, love of music, yeah. We'll sing together in the temple. Baruch Hashem. Bizrat Hashem. Bizrat Hashem. So my mother was very, always very spiritual. Um, well, I should mention both my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. And uh, even though they were not in the camps, they were hiding and escaping. And so they rejected... Orthodox Judaism or anything that had to do with Judaism because they were really scared um, yeah. of, of being identified as Jews. 
So which I'm going to interrupt you is so important for Christians to understand. So many times Christians have a hard time understanding, you know, the Jews are God's chosen people. They're the covenant people. How could a Jew be secular? How could a Jew be very agnostic or very, very liberal? And, and for many, many Jews, not all, but for many, the Holocaust became a moment where uh, if God is so real and if we are the covenant people, you know, where was God? And so for many people, their faith kind of died during the Holocaust, even if they even if they physically survived. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, like any trauma. It disconnects us from certain beliefs and it's very hard to uh, readjust. And uh, nowadays we even know about generational trauma. So, you know, even the, the, the kids or grandkids are affected by it. Um, and... Uh, so, so my, both my parents grew up themselves secular, but um, my father, so my mother was always very spiritual, um, you know, meditating, praying, but she didn't want to be connected to any uh, form of structure, structured religion, you know. And um, with my father, um, I, he's the one who encouraged me to connect uh, more to my Judaism, because he himself started becoming a little bit religious, little by little, uh, was, as I was a teenager. And um, so I had my bar mitzvah, right, which is like a communion, similar to sure. communion, or bat- baptism, I don't, I'm not sure. The, um, and then I, uh, when I was 18, he told me, you know, I don't really care how, if you're religious or not, but I want you to know about your Judaism, what... Uh, you, you're, you're a Jew, you should know what it is. So, you know, he had a good point, uh, even though I was, you know, not necessarily interested in, I was more interested in spirituality, Buddhism, and stuff like that, not so much Judaism. Um, but, so he he found a seminar, I went for two weeks in a seminar in America, and from there, I had, uh, you know, really, not, it opened my mind to, what Judaism really was, which I had no idea. And from then on, I decided to um, go into yeshiva. And that, that's really what, what happened when I was 20. Okay, but, but, but hold on, you know, you, you decided, but I mean, there was a lot that went into <laughs> that decision. So what, what, were, what were some of the, I mean, there was, some, there was a story there. What, what, what was the process? Uh, okay, so... Um, I, I had my hippie phases, you know. Ah. <laughs> so I, I used to, when I, I used to be a teenager, you know, I used to have I had a good, good group of uh, hippie friends. And um, I, I remember having certain type of spiritual experience, um, emotional, spiritual, where, where by looking at the Milky Way, you know, and uh, the galaxy, the universe, and seeing the incredible amount of emotions that we can have as human, be- as human beings, that it's impossible that all that is just an accident of nature. It doesn't make any sense to have so much pleasure, so, much, so many thoughts, so much emotions just for nothing. It, it just didn't make sense to me. So it kind of... And Rabbi, it reminds me of the scripture verse that says... The heavens declare the glory of God. Oh, beautiful. That, that's, yes. what, that's what happened, you know? Yes. It was, it's, it's Psalms. The, the, the heavens are declaring. The, so you're looking up and you're, 
our emotions, right? You see a beautiful sunset, you see a beautiful sunrise, you see a rainbow, you see the stars and something, something transcendental, something, something spiritual happens to us. And this is the, the character of God told through. It's gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, you, you really hit it on the nail. Is that the, the Rambam, Maimonides, really says if you want to love God and to be in awe of God, you look at the human body, you look at nature, and you find God through nature because it's so perfect, it's so beautiful, it's so designed, perfectly designed that you just see that it's, uh, it's too, too beautiful to be just a dream. So, so uh, at that point, I was, it kind of opened my mind and uh, maybe say there was a higher level of consciousness that I connected to and I wanted to find, you know, more the meaning of life. Why am I here? Why am I living? What's, what's the goal? What does God want? What does, they ha they ha there's a beginning and an end and I want to be part of the story. I want to understand. So that's what pushed me to really uh, be open to go into my roots. Wow. So you went to yeshiva. That was the first step for you. Right. Uh, the yeshiva kind of introduced me to Judaism in a, you know, from in an orthodox way. I, I Where was I, the yeshiva? The, so the yeshiva was in Monty, New York. It was a yeshiva. And why did you go, why did you go from a secular viewpoint to all the way to an orthodox yeshiva? Why, why didn't you say, well, maybe I'll try reform or I'll try it. Like you went to a, you went, you went right in deep. You know, yeah. we say, yeah. we say in English, you dove in the deep end of the pool, right? They, they put you right in the deep. Why was that decision? No, that's a, that's a very good question. I, I guess at the time, even though my, my father himself was, um, I'll say, like they say, conservative, so like more mm -hmm. between conservative, the, 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 the shoe was kind of, a bit reform, um, so but he leaned into more towards orthodoxy to to, to the, the way Judaism was originally, the authentic Judaism. And um, I tell you, for me, even till today, there's no such a thing as reform, conservative, orthodox. I mean, I understand there are very strong uh, philosophical implication and according to the Jewish law, but like you said before, it's so it's one big family. We there. Everybody is on a different journey and everybody has a connection to God and it's, it's up to each one to grow at its own pace and um, to get as close to God as possible. So um, I, I didn't know any better. For me, mm -hmm. there's, there's to the Torah, right? And if I have the Torah, then I know what God wants from me. That, that's, that it doesn't matter where, <laughs> which... Uh, group I, I identify with and I I really still today don't I, I hate the separation the division I'm all about unity getting all together and really, beautiful so um, that's exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> beautiful well it's incredible it's an incredible journey that you've been on and we want to hear more about it in a moment I do want us to just reference briefly because uh, we people have turned to Leviticus. We are in the Parsha. And help me, Rabbi, Behar Bechuchotai. Is that my close? Uh, very close. It's Behar, the, with the H, hey, Behar, and Bechuchotai. Yes. 
Behar Bechukotai. Bechukotai, yes. Behar Bechukotai. Excellent, perfect. Okay. Behar Bechukotai. Like a real Israeli. <laughs> okay, all right, very good. And folks, um, this is Leviticus, and this is what is this a double par parsha? Correct. Yeah. So it's a double portion parsha this week. Bahar means on Mount Sinai. Okay, so we're there on the mountain. Uh, and that's Leviticus 25:1. And then Behukotai, Behukot, Behukotai means yes. uh, my statutes, my laws, my ways, the 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 principles that God was imparting and this is Leviticus 26 3 and rabbi is it because this is around the season of of um of Shavuot am I am I right that we're, yes. we're in the moment of Shavuot we're in this place where the the Sinai moment where the people of God are at the mountain and they're about to really ethical monotheism is about to be received from the heavens into the earth through this community of people History, human history is about to forever change. And uh, so this is what's happening on the mountain. The statutes of the Lord are received. Is that the essence of where we're at? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And so um, uh, these uh, laws are received. The Echomim Be'anglit Be'evrit Jubilee. Is it Hayovel? Uh, yes, Yovel, the High Yovel, the the Yovel, the the Jubilee year. Right. So the the uh, Yovel Jubilee, uh, the the Jubilee principle is laid into place, and we see, folks, that God is active in time. God is active in seasons. Uh, Rabbi Meister, who helped us begin this whole move, uh, he would say to us, "God does not rule the world by whimsy." Uh, you know, it's not just all by happenstance. There's no such thing as coincidence. God is working out his plan. And when we line up with his times and his seasons, we come to this place where we begin to um, really have a sensitivity. I think uh, I, we, you, those of you who follow me know that I do a lot of teaching about the tribe of Issachar. The tribe of Issachar understood the times and the seasons, and they knew what Israel was to do. We want to be those who discern. And Rabbi, one of the things that you, um, through all of your training, through all of your learning, through all of your prayer, you as a Jewish person have become convinced that we are in the days of Messiah. We are in these very unusual days. What does that mean to you? Why do you feel that? And what are the signs that we should be looking for? All right. Yes. Um, so you mentioned the, the Shemitah and Yovel, the cycle, which is the seven-year cycle, seven times seven. Um, the number seven is very important in Judaism. Uh, we know the world was created in seven days. And um, we know that um, there's a famous commentaries that says that when God created the world, the six days after the sin was made by Adam and Eve, the six days were affected, so to speak, and um, needed rectification. Um, and God didn't kick Adam and Eve right away from Gan Eden, from paradise. He gave him one extra day, the seventh 
day as a as a gift to be able to uh, re-energize himself so to speak to do teshuva and to work on fixing the six days now the the kabbalists you know i'm very i always love like the going deep into the spiritual um interpretation of the of the torah he said that the you, six... you 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 visit Sfat a lot. I bet oh, you. you yes. been... <laughs> <laughs> number one. <laughs> no, never number one. Jerusalem is number one, but Sfat definitely number two. <laughs> That's good. Um, yes, I love it there. Um, so so the six days correspond to six thousand years. There was uh, because of the Talim, the Psalm. It says that one day for God is a thousand years for us. So the six days that were affected by our actions now were became 6,000 years of history. And in the Jewish calendar, we are up to the year 5,783, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that we're very close to the end of the sixth millennium. What happens at the, six millenn- the end of the sixth millennium? Well, it's the seventh day, it's the Sabbath, Shabbat, and where that's when we expect... At the latest, no, that's the latest moment where we're going to expect Moshiach to be here already with uh, the third temple and everything where the whole world is going to experience the Sabbath for a thousand years. Now, what does that mean practically for us is that we need to understand that um, what does God want from us? He wants us to create unity. What's the job of Adam and Eve, what's the job of humanity? The job of humanity is that we should learn to love each other, to respect each other, even with our differences of opinion, and that we work together to become um, balanced emotional and spiritual being in order to be able to receive God's light and God's revelation uh, to earth so that we we walk we welcome him as one not as a separate entities because in kabbalah they explained adam uh, which contains adam and eve right was one soul that soul of adam contained all the souls of humanity that mm-hmm. means that we have the same fathers so that's why that means we are all family right and, and let me just say let me just say rabbi for those listening for christians uh, because we find that sometimes you know, different terminology or different phrases, you know, when we're not used to hearing them in one faith tradition, it can sound unusual to us. But let me remind the Christians, you know, Rabbi just said all souls were in Adam. Maybe that sounds strange to you, but that's very biblical from also the Christian tradition, right? I believe it's the book of Hebrews. It could be Romans, but I'm pretty sure it's Hebrews that um, the Christian Bible teaches the whole concept that in uh, in Adam all died, right? That 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 the uh, that there was the first Adam, and that in Adam all died because we were all within that moment. In other words, if if I had been Adam or if you had been Adam, we would have also made the wrong choice, uh, and and that result would have come. And so, uh, so even though these phrases coming from the rabbi may sound different to us, this is very much in alignment with good Christian theology. So Rabbi, please continue. Thank you, thank you. So I, I really, um, for me, what I try to do a lot is to try to reestablish a type of um, 
conversation between Jews and non-Jews and uh, even more between uh, Judaism and Christianity and even Islam, meaning the ideas that um, we used originally to be one, right? And there was a, a breaking of, of the family and we have to learn to get back together. And because of the mistake of humanity, because of all the wars and the trauma and the persecution, it has created a, a hatred or fear or, and, and people who are different than us, we, we look at them usually more as enemies in, in, instead of looking at them as our friends or even better as our family. And, you know, as we, as we know, the famous, uh, you know, quote that make your enemies your friends, that's the idea is that we are, we are all going to end up in front of God. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if we don't treat each other uh, well and respect each other and love each other, then what, what are we going to show God that we have done with, with the world? The world doesn't right. seem to be much better than the way it started. And we need really to start the conversation and learn to respect each other, um, at least on the human level, um, and 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 perhaps you know, get ready for uh, what's going to happen in Israel and in Jerusalem, um, as it says in um, in the prophets that God said that the third temple, my house, is going to be a house of prayer for all the nations. Right. People don't understand that that the third temple is going to be inviting, you know, the African, the Chinese, the French, the Jews, the Christian, the Muslim. Everybody is going to be there praying to one God, and in order to so, do we want to do that with with happiness, with pride that we have worked on each other, right? We work on our on ourselves on our relationship, and come with uh, with being proud of what we have accomplished or are we going to go right. there where god say kids you're still fighting really right that that's 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 not that's not what the father wants to see the father wants now to rabbi see rabbi let me uh and again this is our first conversation so uh this is this is fun this is happening you know live and in real time yes. but let me let me press into when when christian ears hear this there is a conflict inside of us because there's a part of us that resonates with this and says, yes, this is, you know, God wants there to be love. You know, the, 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 the chief measure of Jesus was love. And, and Jesus taught about loving those who were different from us. Jesus taught about uh, the, the story of the good Samaritan was all about, you know, Jesus, the Jew, uh, was telling the story of, of honoring the Samaritans, you know, who were not an honored people, the woman at the well. Um, there's all kinds of these stories. Je Jesus heals uh, the servant of a Roman centurion. So part of us resonates with this. Part of us has a level of fear and concern because of a character that is first introduced in the book of Daniel, but is more talked about in Christian scriptures, and that is this concept of an anti-Mashiach, of an evil ruler. You know, Daniel mm. chapter 9, 
talks about the 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 people of the ruler who will destroy the city, and that you know the Mashiach will come, but there will be this evil ruler who also comes. And in the Christian scriptures, that's expounded on, and it's more of a thing. So there is within us a concern that while we're working for unity, um, that we we cannot we must unify around the God of the Bible, you know, right. the God uh, um, uh, around Hashem, not around you know just lighting a, a candle and singing Kumbaya, and nobody uh-huh. ever really believes in everything. So how do you navigate that tension? Because you are a wise man. You've been around interfaith dialogue where really nobody believes anything. It, it, descends, into, it descends into empty words. That's not what you're talking about. You're talking right. about genuine belief. So how do you navigate these challenges? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you raised the subject, yes, so it's, it's all, all my fault. It's always the rabbi's fault, anyway. <laughs> um, but yes, I would say um, that we it we need to have the Torah as our as our source. Yes, the the, the word of God is the Torah, and yes, um, and therefore. For me, you know, I don't look at Torah as a book uh, for the Jews. The Torah was given, actually, there's, there's, um, there's a quote, uh, I forget if it's Rav Cook or another, um, I'll see if I remember, but he quotes that, the, it's the Midrash, I believe, that the Torah was given to the Jewish people, but it was revealed to all of humanity at the same time. Everybody in the world knew that the, God was giving the Torah. Um so we know also that in the Ten Commandments, there's actually 620 letters. And the 620 letters is an allusion, is a hint that there's 613 commandments for the Jews and seven commandments for the Noahides, meaning the, what we call the Gentiles or the, non, the righteous non-Jews. Um, and that's a total of 620, meaning that the Torah, which doesn't start with the story of the Jews, start with the story of humanity. Right. Um, uh, is here to guide us on how to refine our character traits, on how to create a society that uh, lives in harmony, the laws that we have to do in order to be careful uh, not to destroy our beautiful world and um, live with with justice and and love and everything. So there has to be obviously a structure and it can only work if it's divine structure, because as men, we kind of failed big time. Uh, right. In, 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 right. We see the state of the world today. So, so the Torah is, is the perfect uh, community. There's the perfect way how to look at the world. So that has to be the source of inspiration and uh, our guide in order to uh, become beautiful. Enough. Yeah, it has to be, we would say, it has to be the plumb line, right? It talks about, it talks about in, in the hands of Zerubbabel, the plumb line will come mm-hmm. as, they, as they bring forth the cornerstone. So the, the word of God, and that's a beautiful answer. And I think that is going to be the challenge that we face, right? Because we don't, first of all, I, I think it will be the least challenge between 
Bible-believing Christians and Bible-believing Jews. Because yes. both of us, though we do not quite agree yet on the identity of the Messiah, right. we, will we will eventually agree on the identity of the Messiah, right. <laughs> uh, right? But right now we don't. But even though we have that disagreement, um, we, we have a great agreement on the word of God. So we naturally have a, a connect point. Moving out from there, um, certainly there are some, uh, many, many Muslims who are very peaceful and who um, view, uh, view Jesus, who they call Isa, and view the Jewish prophets with great respect. And so they can begin to draw near to what you're talking about, you know. Unfortunately, there are some who have a jihadist view of Islam, and this is very, very problematic because of their interpretation. But, Rabbi, we do have, sadly today, communist China, communist North Korea, uh, uh, you know, theocratic Iran, uh, Hindu India, even though at the moment Moti and Bibi are good friends, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Right. So we do have these other worldviews. So I guess my question to you is this. You said that it's 5788. So is it going to take us another? 83. Uh, what is, so, what is so it? A maximum of 227 years um, before the end. A maximum? Maximum. I mean, that doesn't okay. depend. On, you know, so 2240, according to the Gregorian calendar. Um, wow. So, okay. All right. That's pretty certain. It's, it's, wow. very, it's very soon. But that's, that's the latest time, meaning that by that time, everything has to be already in place. Like, you know, when you start Shabbat, everything has to be ready. So we're wow. talking about. Uh, 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 Moshiach, Messiah, and coming and rebuild the temple, all that has to be done before that timeline, right? According to the Kabbalah. So now, uh, will it will it be? Could it be earlier? Could it be uh, like what? Absolutely. So the, the 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 hope is that we're gonna do whatever is necessary to make it happen earlier than than later, because um, later would mean that. It's, it was the deadline and we hadn't done as much as we could have done to, to, to be part of the fixing of history. And God had to do more than, than us, so to speak. So Amazing. we, we, want, we, we want, want to be able to have been active participant in our relationship with God and fixing the world. Wow. Wow. Folks, but, I'm now. Wait, what was that year? I want to. I want to get this. We we've announced the end of the world as we know it. Right? You heard it here first, folks. Right here, you heard it on Bishop from the Rabbi. What is the year, Rabbi? The year, uh, right? And it's it's the Talmud that says that in the Gemara Sanhedrin. It's five. It's the uh, five thousand seven hundred and eighty-three. Right now, today, and which means that according to the Gregorian calendar, um, we will. We have 227 years left, and that corresponds to the year 2240 on the Gregorian calendar. 2240. On right. This is just, I'm having a blast here today. This is amazing. <laughs> All right. So, but it could be earlier. And, and I mean, I think it's like, it's like I tell my kids, right? We're getting ready for Shabbat. We're getting ready for a big thing. And I say, guys, you don't want to go there with stress. You don't want to go there with problems. You don't want to be running around getting things ready. Let's go in with peace. So you want to get ready yeah. early. You want to have everything set nice. You want to have everything prepared. 
So that's 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 what the invitation for us is. But this is amazing. Twenty two forty. All right, Rabbi. Let me ask you a question. Um, I'm gonna. Let me, I, I'm just. This is fascinating. I'm so happy we've met you and follow the rabbi. Get to know his teaching. He does a wonderful, wonderful job with all of these things, Rabbi. Um, how do you stay hopeful? in the face of AI, in the face of, in the face of, um, and I think it's very sad and I don't speak against the individuals. I, I, I have, I have nothing in my heart, but, um, care for the individuals, but the transgender movement that seems to be really going into very, um, you know, dark places, right. uh, small children being given drugs, small children being given surgeries um, that change their life forever. You know, I mean, we're, we're in, how do you, how do you, and, and then you have a, you know, you have a rise of anti-Semitism. You have a lot of challenges in Israel, even right now, you have a real polarization in Israel. So how do you stay hopeful in the midst of these challenges that seem very dark? I stay hopeful because of people like you. Because there is people who among this darkness are holding on tight to the light, to the Torah, to what's true. And you know, when, when, I, I came to Judaism and, you know, this was my experience with almost any religion where, that I've learned from. You, you, you would expect that everybody is holy because, you know, if they believe, that's what they believe, that, then they, I'm sure they're super holy. But I realized that at the end of the day, in any group, and I'm not targeting anyone in particular, it's always a minority who are truly authentic and truly live the word of God or whatever message they have. And it's because of that small minority who are connected to the truth, to true love, to peace, to the real, um, real faith that the rest of the world is able to survive. Otherwise it will completely collapse. So I believe that with people like you and, and people who are searching for truth, looking to, stay connected to something authentic, those are the individuals that will allow the world not to fall apart until we can reach those final days um, with uh, Moshiach. I, I, I have a sermon that I preach, Rabbi, where I hold up the book and I say that this entire book, cover to cover, this whole book is the story of the majority getting it wrong, <laughs> the majority not being in the right place, and a small little minority, right? right. I mean, it's, it's you know, and, and Korach's rebellion, or in the story of Gideon, right? Or any of the, it's always a tiny little group that God is partnering with to shift history. And folks, I want to tell you, as you've tuned in tonight, God is inviting you to be a part of that group. God is inviting you to align your heart with Yerushalayim, to align your heart with the city of the great king, to align your heart with Har Habayit, with Temple Mount, that 
that the 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 mountain of the Lord would indeed be a house of prayer for all nations. This is what uh, God is calling us to. And we are seeing the end. We are seeing the end of 2,000 years of Constantinian Christianity, which is not what Yeshua, Jesus, came to teach. We are seeing the end of that, and we are seeing the rise of Jerusalem-based Christianity, a Christianity that follows Yeshua, Jesus, in his historic, religious, cultural context. Jesus is not a Gentile. He is a Jew, and that matters. That makes a difference to our faith and to how we interpret the world. Well, Rabbi, you are amazing. I feel like I have made, I, I feel like I've made a friend and a brother tonight. <laughs> I'm so honored to meet you. We could I feel like I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> yes. Um, would you would you consider to come back and teach us again sometime? Oh, oh I would be my honor. Thank you. My my honor. Rabbi, before we sign off, uh just take 2 minutes, uh, summarize what we've talked about tonight, give us some final thoughts, just a final, you know, a final devar a final thought that you want to give us tonight to, to summarize this and to send us forth. Okay, so I think that we understand all. We all live bound by time. We all have a watch or, you know, well, nowadays it's on the phone usually, but there's a time and there's a beginning and there's an end. That's the, the laws of nature. It starts with something, ends up with something. We have to connect to that clock. We can't just stay idle and not do anything. Otherwise, you're not using your human free will and free choice. So we have that tremendous opportunity as human beings to be part of the story, to be the active participant. And just like in any movie, you can be just an extra or you can be the star of the movie. So if you want to be the star of the movie, then do something. Make the world a better place. Learn what God wants from us, what God wants from the world. Educate yourself and be proactive in creating a better world. Today, we are um, in a world where, you know, on one side you have communism, which is one thing, but in America and capitalism, it's... <laughs> all about quantity, 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 and quantity is going to make you happy. No, quality is what will give you true love, true peace, true unity, or anything to, um, to, to be successful. So we have to kind of um, re readdress or recalibrate the way we think and the way we act. And if we do that together, um, by meeting the individuals, um, spiritual leaders, wise people, people who really live what they say, people who really are good people who respect human individuals, nature, everything, through those people, then there's a chance that we can learn all from each other and expand that quality to, to spread all over the world. So that's, I think, what the goal is. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Rabbi, I'm so honored by your time tonight. It's your first time on the show. So this week, we are putting in the mail to you this week, 
you're going to get the bishop and the rabbi mug, oh, the official wow, bishop and the rabbi you. <laughs> you're, you're going to be one of about 50 or 60 esteemed rabbis around the world who have this who have this mug and they all, they all love it. So uh, we'll get that in the mail to you. Rabbi, thank you from the bottom of our heart. You are a wonderful soul, a beautiful nefesh. We're so honored to have you tonight. Folks, thank you for tuning in. Remember, keep praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Eagle's Wings or become a partner to advance this global movement, visit www.eagleswings.org. Make sure you're following along on Facebook at Robert Stearns and Instagram at Dr. Robert Stearns to stay up to date and get the latest on everything that is happening. Until next time, blessings and keep praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Jerusalem.